0: welcome everybody to the third episode of down to the minute podcast as usual i'm your host max williams and back with my other co-host again my boy Ayers. Ayers, how you doing
1: i'm good max you know i'm always excited to be here talk football business per usual let's do it
0: and then my other co-host here as well james james how you doing man
1: always a pleasure to be here i'm
2: doing great let's get through some news
0: and we got again a guest on the show again from Dallas, Texas, so probably assuming, yes, he's a big Cowboys fan, as we know, and also plays linebacker here at Avila University. His name is Kylan Mitchell. Kylan, how you doing, man?
3: I'm pretty good, Max. You know dang well that I'm a Cowboys fan, and I may not be a professional <laughs> news reporter, but I am a gambler, so I'm ready to get into some news.
0: Man, like I said, Cowboys... Cowboys fans always stay together, boys, as we know, So, but that's not going to stop us here from getting to a show, right? I mean, so the topics that we're going to talk about here in today's episode, first we're going to start with NFL Combine, some NFL news that is happening. Then we'll also get into NBA standings information, what's going on in the NBA landscape at the moment. Then our staple for our show, our one-minute takes, like what will be our one-minute takes this time around. And then we get into College Hoops. March Madness coming right around the corner. Who are the teams that we're watching? Who are the number one seeds, both in the men's and women's side of the bracket? We're also going to talk about, as well, some Aval Athletics stuff, too. We're going to talk about softball and baseball, how they're doing this season. We'll also get some thoughts as well, because soon we're going to try to get some more guests that are part of those teams on the podcast. And at the end, we're going to have a fun topic as well. So, as you can see, a pretty busy show here, so we're going to get it right into it here and we're going to talk about nfl combine airs what were some
1: standouts from the nfl combine this year okay first dj turner from university of michigan you know i hate that team right down i-96 from michigan state but one thing i am not going to be a liar about is those guys know how to produce guys who have speed and who produce at the nfl combine i hate them go green but also i want to mention a guy who absolutely stunned me that he's just not a guy like i had on my radar was lonnie Phillips from kansas 31 reps on the bench press for linebackers like that's already considered elite for a lineman but for a linebacker and not to mention he even has some speed on him with his 40. his 40 i believe was somewhere in the 460s so that wasn't too bad i'm like man that's a dude like he might have just absolutely raised his draft stock And, man, his mom was very happy, bro, because he might have just secured his family a bag for quite a while with that combine performance.
0: What about you, James? What's some people that stood out for you in this combine this year?
2: I've got three names for you. Owen Popo, uh, Kalija Kansi, and uh, Emmanuel Forbes. All three guys are doing great at the combine. All three guys are ready for the NFL. Along with Owen, you have a great combine with Uh, 4.39 40-yard dash and a 29 bench. This guy has a lot of speed, and this guy has a lot of strength. Uh, Along with Khalidja Kansi, uh, 4.67. That is a broken record, beaten, previously held by Aaron Donald. If that doesn't impress you, I don't know what does. Emmanuel Forbes, uh, 4.35 for the 40-yard dash. He has a 6.36 grade in in the NFL draft alone. I think he can be a major game changer, and he is very underrated coming into this draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the people that stood out for me was Nolan Smith from Georgia, right? He is an outstanding player as a defensive end, and when you look at the combine now, right, guys? We look at the defensive end and defensive tackles, right? Those guys and even the linebackers, they're starting to become faster overall, not just in the 40-yard dash, but how they do, like, the three-cone drill, the shuttle drill as well, and that's kind of what the league is turning into, those kind of players that – you need speed off the edge. You need those type of players. And so Nolan Smith posting a 4-3-9 and then also had a great uh, broad jump and vertical jump as well kind of surprised me as I went on. And I'm also looking at the running backs, man. And I mentioned last show, right, Bijan Robinson, right? I liked him a lot from Texas. But Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M, I don't that you don't really talk about that much, a 432, 40-yard, and also did a pretty good job in his three-cone drill as well. And then Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. I think this guy is a slight person that might do well in the league, probably in the lower round of the first round, even in the second round, if he gets drafted. Because remember, he was a staple for Alabama running back. Because look at this team, Bryce Young, we all talk about him, right? He's the player at Alabama. And again, I have my opinions about Bryce Young. Is he going to be a standout for a team? Is he too undersized? Now, granted, he actually got into a size that people thought was reasonable with his measurables at the Combine. But I think Jameer Gibbs is a big-time player for that team. And then I guess another running back I'm looking at, too, is Chase Brown at Illinois. I like him a lot. And he's a player that played very well. I mean, he's kind of an underrated running back because he's from Illinois, right? We don't talk about running backs that are from Illinois that much. And I think with these running backs posting these times, it's showing you they need speed to run out of the backfield and make plays. Because in the NFL now, you need to have wide receivers and running backs that can make plays outside the backfield for you. And I know Kylan understands one player like that and Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard can do that exceptionally well, I think, for the Cowboys. But, Kylan, we look at this now, I mean, granted, you're a Cowboys fan, so we'll first hear idea of what you guys think looking at this combo, what the Cowboys might need, but also what, what are players also stood out for you as the combine went on?
3: You know, uh, I'm going to piggyback off what you said earlier about Nolan Ryan.
0: No, Nolan, Nolan, yeah, Nolan Smith, Smith yeah. Sorry about that. We're but, talking baseball. Nolan Ryan, he <laughs> get in the pitching, man.
3: <laughs> but Nolan Smith is one of those guys, you know, with a 4-3-9 as a 40 time. that's faster than Justin Jefferson. Now, if you have guys like that on the edge, your O-lineman's going to be scared. We need fast guys on the edge to make fast plays. Now, uh, when it comes to a running back – Now, if we have fast guys on the edge, you're going to need to be able to outrun them. Mm -hmm. Now, that's why I don't personally like uh, Ezekiel Elliott as my running back anymore. You know, he's, he's gotten slower over the times, and personally, Tony Pollard is becoming that guy. He's becoming the franchise, you know, player, and we need more fast guys at the running back position, and also we're going to need guys all around to help us grow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, like I said, interesting to watch, you know, with how the Cowboys move on, right? I think now looking at it, they got to find a way to make Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott those guys that are the front runners for their team. If they're not the two front runners for your team, then it's not going to work for the Cowboys. Now, also, I think the defense needs to also not just be on with Micah Parsons as well. I think they need to find another player on their defense end to make them better because, Granted, their defense made plays for them overall, but I think for the Cowboys, when you played against the 49ers, did it totally work out with you? No, because the 49ers, granted, what wanted them to go to the Super Bowl was their defense. It wasn't because of their offense, I mean, with Brock Purdy and everything else. Their defense carried them through the season, and I think that's something you got to watch with the Cowboys. they got to have consistency on both the offense and defense end, in my opinion, as they go on. And it's probably a great segue to talk about what's going on in like franchise tag and everything else in the NFL, right, boys? So, Ayers, I'm going to talk to you. I mean, we already heard about you know Saquon Barkley, right? They just today announced they got him on the franchise tag, and they got Daniel Jones, I believe, Ayers, was a four-year, do you remember 160 the $160 million, $160 million, contract. million dollar contract for the Giants, right? And, listen, the Giants – they realize that they're finally a team that can be a threat to other teams out there in the NFL. And so I don't, are they going to be that team in the future? I don't know because Saquon Barkley really to me is their, their outstanding player. Daniel Jones is still an okay quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? No. That's the thing about Daniel Jones, in my opinion. So, Ayers, I mean, that's a specific example. What are some other examples here as we're getting into maybe the free agency time here for the NFL?
1: Um, Number one, I'm going to keep saying it. Every single week, the Ravens need to pay Lamar Jackson. Now, we know the deadline is coming up very soon. Actually, it might be Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere. I think
0: so. I think you're right. So, it's
1: like the Ravens, there is a 99% chance they are going to give him a franchise tag. Now, granted, other teams will be allowed to match the Ravens' deal and possibly get a f- couple of first-round picks from them.
0: Well, so right now, the Ravens actually put down an unexclusive franchise tag on him. Now, what that means, now what we talk about with the franchise tag, what franchise tag mean? Franchise tag means that when you franchise tag a player, you keep him on your roster for at least another year. That's what the regular franchise tag is. Now, the non-exclusive franchise tag is still you keep a player on your team, but that still means other teams can find a way to get into the situation. But they have to find a way to match a certain offer, and the Ravens got to feel and believe, hey, that's a good offer for me, and I can take it. So, Ayers, kind of get more into that aspect of when, I, when we talk about the non-exclusive franchise, deck.
1: Yeah, so, you know, a couple of teams from what I've heard, you know, originally teams that were thought to be in the race were Commanders, Panthers, Dolphins. Raiders and I know I'm forgetting the team but it's been like reports going that oh a lot of these teams are no longer interested in Lamar and a lot of teams they think are basically doing this as retribution for the Deshaun Watson contract just because coaches are upset with this with the Browns for giving Deshaun that contract because now they feel like the quarterback market is completely ruined and I'm sorry but if it's any quarterback who deserves to be paid it's Lamar Despite his two injuries, the Ravens, their team making the playoffs is absolutely relying upon him. Exactly. He's a guy that, you know, everyone wants to use. Oh, he's one and three in the playoffs. He's 45 and 16 as a regular season starter. The reason he can't get out of the second round of the playoffs is because he doesn't have enough help around him. You can't, like, you know, like he has Mark Andrews, you know, he's. Arguably, probably the second or third best tight end in the NFL right now. You know, Travis Kelsey is obviously number one. Mm -hmm. Number two for me would probably be George Kittle. But it's like for Lamar, he only has Mark Andrews. Eventually, teams are going to figure out, hey, only thing we got to do is double team this tight end. He doesn't have any other elite receivers that can get open. And running backs, they've all been injury prone for him. You know, he has J.K. Dobbins, but he has to stay on the field. We double team them. Ravens are no longer a threat. Lamar's a good player, but one player cannot beat an entire franchise in the playoffs. So the Ravens have to figure something out or simply kiss Lamar goodbye and give him to a team who's going to give him the contract that he is asking for and the help that he needs to be an elite and stay at an elite level of quarterback.
0: James, what do you got, man?
1: I want to add on to that because Lamar Jackson,
2: I see a lot of leadership. I think that's why it works. Before the 2019 season, when everyone was laughing at him, calling him a running back, I straight up said to the TV screen, this guy is going to be something. That very year, he won MVP. There was a reason why he won that MVP award because he led the team to a 14-2 record. And along with that, has done great besides those injuries. All those games, I haven't seen one bad one. Maybe there's a few rocky ones, but not one that's bad. And that's the quarterback you need, and that's the quarterback you need to work around. Ravens haven't done a
3: great job at doing that.
0: Kyle, man, do you got any other thoughts about kind of what's going on in the NFL free agent franchise tag moment at the moment?
3: Uh, for me, Cowboys fan, I, I only care about our team. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a big Green Bay fan, not a big uh, Philadelphia fan. Glad they lost, too. Uh, I just want to talk about our growth. You know, I, I don't think it's a offensive coordinator problem. Let's get more guys on the field. Let's get maybe a tight end on our side from the, you know, combine. Let's get – um. You know, I'm gonna keep on saying that I want another quarterback, but we're paying him too much money. So we're gonna keep him at the starting position and then maybe switch him out with a good backup. And of course, uh, we need just bigger and faster guys on that line, you know, to keep it up and maybe get out of the playoff and get to a Super Bowl just maybe not gonna jinx
0: it just maybe maybe. that's you know that's what a lot of Cowboy fans say right we'll see what happens obviously in the future but get some other news real quick and then we'll get into NBA talk boys um Derek Carr just signed again a four-year um 150 billion dollar contract with the New Orleans Saints and so a lot of people are thinking about obviously with Derek Carr is that a good fit for the Saints to me I think it's not bad, right? Because the Saints actually didn't need a quarterback, and I didn't believe in Jameis Winston that much as he went on. He's He's been inconsistent since he was back in college, and, I mean, we saw him at Tampa Bay. He was throwing what? It was the same amount of touchdowns as interceptions. It was about 36 to, like, 30 or something like that. So, and now if you look at it, with Tom Brady leaving now for Tampa Bay, that makes the Saints a team to watch still because right now the Falcons don't really have a quarterback they'd have. The Panthers, they're still figuring out kind of what their direction is a quarterback. With Matt Corral, as the, is he the firm starter? And this is where, the like I said, when the draft comes around, which one of those teams will make a move. And the Buccaneers, the only quarterback they got on roster is Kyle Trask, which scares me for the Buccaneers. Just scares me. And Ayers, I know you got something. Go ahead.
1: First, I am a huge Kyle Trask believer. I watched him at Florida. I watched the dominance that he had in his final season at Florida with – Kyle Pitts, and Kadarius Tony. I think with him sitting behind Tom Brady, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he about to make them see the playoffs this first year, but we haven't gotten a fair NFL sample size from Kyle Trask to completely write him off yet. I'm more of, if I'm the Buccaneers and even Bruce Arians himself has said that as of now, Kyle Trask is his guy. He has sat behind Brady long enough for him to learn how to be a franchise leading quarterback now don't get me wrong i'm not about to give him a long leash you know because you've been a backup for the last two maybe three years now so it's like you know i give him maybe two solid years to start he doesn't get it done move on draft an elite quarterback in the upcoming draft whichever drive rather that ends up being 2024 or 2025 but far as i'm concerned it's trash tom i
0: mean i mean yeah i mean we'll have to just see right i think I think the thing about Kyle Trask is, and you're right, we haven't really seen him play that much, but i got to put it this way, when you're getting someone that's like Tom Brady's status, you know it's going to be hard, right? It's going to be hard to get through that, even though Tom Brady we knew was falling off, as we knew as, as his backup at his years. And so I think for the Buccaneers, it's going to be a rebuild season for me as they go on. And right now the Saints are probably the team to watch in that division. And then just one more quick thing, man, because like I said, we want to keep going on as we go. Um, Aaron Rodgers, right? Now, this is where I was getting at. Where does this lead for Aaron Rodgers? And now, Kylan, I kind of want to hear what you think about this. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to go? Because he's made some concerns about being a Green Bay. What kind of place and destination do you think Aaron Rodgers will go?
3: Um, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. You know, uh, There's a lot of teams that are going to need great quarterbacks and some experience as well. So, for him, I feel like he'll do great with the Falcons. Now, (laughs) y'all may look at me funny, but really, I mean, he can stay where he's at or go to the Falcons. I don't really care where else he can go, but for him, I feel like experience is what's got him this far, and experience is what's going to take him even further, so, you know.
0: Go ahead, Ayers.
1: I'm not going to hold you, Colin. The Falcons is kind of wild. Just because of their <laughs> offensive system, they're more of, they kind of need that mobile quarterback. Yeah. Aaron is no longer in his prime to be able to move. Now, words on the street by ESPN is that he's been talking with the Jets. Yep. And I'm not going to lie, it's going to, the thought of him in a Jets uniform kind of makes me puke. But it's like, he, it wouldn't be a terrible fit only because like the Jets are a team that, They had a hot start. They fell off. They have the weapons around them, but it's kind of obvious Zach Wilson is not the answer. He doesn't have the leadership. I'm sorry to tell him, but like we're looking at the 2020 draft class with quarterbacks in the first round. Pretty much a lot of that first round, a lot of great talent came out of it. And then everyone's, you know, you're getting Trevor Lawrence, a grade, other quarterbacks behind him are at least getting B's. Then it's like the second pick in the draft is an F. Because he hasn't adjusted to the NFL and he has no accountability. Now, the Jets, they have the money to pay Aaron Rodgers. I hate the idea that he'd be in New York because then New York becomes a contender because they really aren't missing many pieces. It's just their quarterback play is horrendous. And I'm like, I hate to admit it, but yeah, they are probably the front runner to get Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going to be interesting to watch as we go into free agency. What kind of names we're going to see? I mean, I said we got a lot of more seasons till we start up the real season, boys, for NFL. But guys, we're going to transition here to NBA topics, right? NBA standings. Here in the Eastern Conference, looking at it right now, the Boston Celtics are 45 and 21, the Philadelphia Sixers are 42 and 22, and the Milwaukee Bucks are there at 46 and 18, Cavaliers are there 41 26, and the New York Knicks they're at 39-27, so those are kind of the top five in the Eastern Conference, and then we get into the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets are at the top spot of 46-19, and 19. the Grizzlies are at the second spot, 38-25, the Sacramento Kings are there at the third spot, 38-26, and 26. so just a game back. Uh, the Suns, again, just having Kevin Durant on their team, now they're 36-29, and 29. and then Golden State now, guys, actually now is in the fifth spot here, 34-31, and 31. so they're starting to move up a little bit, so... Kylan, man, I'm going to go to you, bro, because I know you like talking to NBA. Kind of What teams What teams are you looking at, bro, you in know, the NBA, both sides?
3: I do see myself as a gambler. I have been with the Lakers for a very long time, but it's been an interesting season, Max. Uh, a whole lot of trades have been going down. Kyrie Irving at Dallas and with Russell, Russell Wilson, uh, no, Russell Wilson. Russell <laughs> Westbrook.
0: Hey, it's good. Hey, hey, sometimes they sound familiar, right? You got Russell Wilson that goes obviously into football. I do it all, <laughs> do it all. But, uh, It's all good, bro. Keep going.
3: Westbrook gone, and KD had a new team. You know, a whole lot of transitions have been made. And as a Dallas fan, well, as a Dallas fan now with Luka, uh, I'm excited to see my team, you know, uh, get that extra step. With another player now. It has been some talks that Kyrie wants to get traded yet again, but it's fine. It's not gonna happen. We're gonna see um how this team progresses with the new um with the new all-star on our team, you know? And that Luca finally has some help. And it's been a it's been a long road for us, but we're finally here. Finally glad to be a Dallas Mavericks fan, Let's see where we go.
0: Okay, hey, maybe we'll see if Kyrie Irving tries to get traded again. I mean, he already just got traded there from the Nets, obviously, to go to the Mavericks, and I think that's a good fit, right? Because that's another Mavericks team that is sleeping on, right? Luka and Kyrie together are kind of a mix that can work well with the squad. And really, real quick, before I give it to you, James, to talk about some NBA talk, um, I still like how the New York Knicks are playing. I think I mentioned this, obviously, in my show Crunch Time and everybody else. Jalen Brunson. And adding in Julius Randle and everybody else has been huge for the Knicks. And they're starting to come around as a team that can be consistent, right? Now, granted, listen, the Bucs are there, and that's why I feel like the Bucs are still the best team in the East. But if you're talking about a sleeper team to watch in the Eastern Conference, it's definitely the Knicks. In the Western Conference, I mean, the Sacramento Kings are still around, man. I mean, Aaron Fox is still playing well. And they're still having pieces. I mean, Phoenix Suns, with how Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are playing, that's a whole other thing to watch out for as well so i don't know man i think there's a lot of great teams coming out right now that are playing in the nba james just what are some thoughts when you talk about nba at the moment
2: well i'm actually surprised with the miami heat how they're doing uh even with them being seven i thought they'd do better uh the celtics i'm not saying celtics i'm very irish so you won't (laughs) say celtics um i like them this year and plus the fact that if we see history, they're always in the finals. They're always at the championship game. Can history repeat itself? Possibly. It's very possible. Along with that, I like the Grizzlies for the Western Conference. They are a great team. Uh, that's at least what I, what I see with them. And then, of course, Golden State Warriors making their way up. Along with that, uh, LeBron James not being with the Lakers anymore. Well, as because of an injury. I think they're adapting a little bit better. Not 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 great, but better than what people were to say about them. And they're, they're adapting, but they are not complete yet. They need LeBron James back. Ayers, what
0: do
1: you got, man? Any other thoughts? Do you want to talk about NBA? Um, You know, clearly, I'm a guy. I love the Warriors and the Grizzlies. I'm also a loyal Detroit Pistons fan, despite them being the last team in the Eastern Conference um, in Esport sport, Detroit, no matter what. But... When it comes to the Grizzlies, they're the number two seed right now in the West. And I hate to say it, but depending on how long Ja Morant gets suspended, that number two spot possibly doesn't last. Now, don't get me wrong. They did get, you know, when he was out last year, they played pretty decently without him. But I'm like, as a long-term option, like, I doubt they give him a long suspension just because of how valuable. Like, he's the face of the franchise. So, I don't think he sits out too long, but he sits out for maybe 15 plus games, that becomes an issue because now you go from the second to probably the seventh seed. So that's pretty much all I got to say.
0: Yeah, for sure. Kyle, you had a thought you want to say?
1: No, I
3: am a gambler. So I just want to say recently Giannis against the Wizards, he was supposed to have a triple-double. Now it was taken away by the NBA because they want to say that it wasn't an attended shot on goal. Now, I just want to say, give that man his stat. This is, I think, um, his 10th time getting a rebound taken away from him. And personally, I'm a guy, this is not financial advice, by the way, I'm a guy that bets the over on stats like LeBron James for rebounds and assists, Giannis rebounds and assists. And I just want to know, like, are we going to keep taking away these stats whenever we're going by the book he's intending for the shot? And then you're going to take away and... I just want to know what the deal with that is. What do y'all, what do y'all think? Do you think that they should have taken it away, or? Well,
2: I have a funny comment, real quick. If you really want a triple double, you better go to the NFL and ask Andy Reid. He knows all about them. He'll <laughs> <laughs> get you a triple double cheeseburger, at least. Oh
0: man! All right. Well, hey, we got some I guess interesting topics. As you can see, we have some fun things that we talk about. Um, but guys, we're gonna get into our one minute takes, right? We're into that point of the show. And granted, I we love this part of the show because we get to talk about something. It doesn't have to be sports either. It could be news or entertainment. But I think most of us might have some sports takes. And we started with uh Ayers this time. We're this time we're gonna go James, me, and then Ayers is gonna finish off. So we get more time for him. So, James, we're going to get you
2: on the clock, man, for your one-minute take. And it starts now. I am very excited for this. My take is going to be on Aaron Rodgers talking with the Jets. I think this is great for the Jets, and I think Aaron Rodgers can do more than what Favre did. He's going to do exactly what Favre couldn't, and that is bring them to the playoffs and do really well. Uh, See, the thing with the Jets, they are a dominant team when healthy. Their defense is great. Robert Sala, uh, Sala is uh, a great leader and obviously defensive-minded, but once you have someone at the quarterback role who can be a leader, of course Aaron Rodgers he has his days, but then you look at the talent. you got Elijah Moore, you've got Garrett Wilson, you have uh, Brees Hall developing amazingly. I think the only thing the Jets really need right now is to get their own line healthy or maybe get a center and a tackle in the draft, along with Along with that, maybe they can use a defensive end to help out. Um, but besides that, great uh, great young secondary and a great young team all around. As
0: you see it there. He was just, again, a little early like it was last time. Believe, you were early again the first time we did the one-minute takes. Isn't that yeah. right? So he, this time he's at 57 seconds. Last time he's at 59, so he's doing a pretty good job. and. So l- listen, there. That's a great take. I mean, we can't wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And I love the idea. If I'm going to man, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna start doing my one minute take here. And listen, man, I I have my one minute take about Ja Morant, bro. And we were kind of Ayers was talking about it just a little bit ago. If you don't know about the news of why he suspended, he's suspended because he brought a gun on a Denver area club, and it was around against the Nuggets after they were traveling back against the Nuggets game. And listen, man, this, this can't happen when we're anywhere in society. It just can't. You know what I'm saying? It can't happen where someone like John Morant's stature brings that up to people. You got to be professional. You got to know what's happening with you. And if you can't do that, then you can't play in the NBA. You can't play in any other professional league. That just shouldn't be happening. And granted, he might be gone, like you mentioned before, like 50 games or something else, because we don't know what's going to happen. And that's the thing about what I look at with John Morant. There has to be a change with this. NBA has got to do something where he needs to not be a part of the organization for a period of time and everything. And if they can't fix that, then I don't know what else they can happen. So I was right around a minute, so listen, I did a perfect job. But listen, I'm I'm just being serious about this issue. This can't happen wherever we go. And there's been ideas about... Shootings around areas, right? And we don't want to get too serious about this topic, Rison. We're on a regular type of podcast, but we know, uh, as all of us at the table, that we got to fix this in society. We got to fix yeah. even when you have this. Maybe, granted, he might have not meant to bring it on the team plane, but why is it there in the first place? Right. Why is it there? Well, of so,
2: course, you have so many like college and high school shooting. <clears throat> Excuse me, a lot of elementary, you know, high school and college shootings going on right now, and. So, uh, it's just it's not a great look because there's a lot of reports, a lot oh. of issues. And then of course, Frank Clark, who actually was released today, um, he he had an issue with the gun you know, the last year. That's why he got suspended. So there's a lot of issues and players need to be a lot more cautious, especially since they are the role models of the kids of today.
0: Absolutely. And now Ayers, I know he put you on last, man, to give you some time to find your topic, man. Your one minute
1: take starts now. Okay, so I'm going to talk. Josh Gordon, XFL. I'm going to be honest, too big of a talent disparity. You know, it makes me sad because Josh Gordon is a very talented guy. But his issue, we know why he got kicked out of the NFL. Cannabis usage, then he was also having a little bit more of serious drug usage. But this week, he posted an insane stat line for the Dragons. Six catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. It's like ever since he's been in the XFL, he hasn't been guardable, to be honest. You know, it's like it's sad because he absolutely is an NFL talent, but he can't stay in the NFL because he can't control his drug usage. He's been to rehab multiple times, but every single time, you know, he ends up relapsing and going back to his old ways. I would love to see Josh Gordon someday in the NFL again playing against elite competition, but fix the drug problem. You were back in the NFL, dominating.
0: That's it. Yeah, and we can't wait to see what Josh Gordon in the XFL does, man. And we did a pretty good job. I think we were all around a minute, fifty-nine seconds. So he again, you did the fastest of them. And I the got second, right. Champion. I got right at a minute, and Ayers got about fifty-nine, almost basically like a minute, minute. basically closest to, close to, close to the, of the minute. minute. I was a fourth, yeah, by a quarter minute. of a second. So you did beat me the in the XFL one minute takes. Point
3: zero milliseconds. .06 milliseconds. So I was right at minute.
0: You know, so I was a little bit off. No. You know, I'm trying to trying to help myself out in the one minute, so just so we can see who wins it.
3: I am two and zero.
2: Yeah. Okay. He got very my boy James getting excited. I like the man, segment. I am a huge fan of this segment. I will be very competitive about this segment.
0: All right, man. Well, we, we're it's getting competitive though here for March Madness around. Just trying to help myself out, and here we go with March Madness coming around the corner. Of the men's bracket, man. And granted, when me and Ayers, man, we're getting ready to go down to Houston for next show. So that'll be obviously for the next show where we get to see the bracket finally revealed, but still we got one more week until that happens as we get to championship week. So I'm gonna go to you, James, first. Kind of, what's some teams that you're looking at here in college basketball?
2: I'm still looking at Kansas. They're trying to, they're trying to reclaim their title from last year, and there's a lot of potential on the team to where they can do it again. A lot of great, you know, there's great coaching, obviously. A few players are missing, but then of course development—it's looking great for Kansas. Ayers, man, I mean, we look at the bracket, bro. I mean, we talk, you just mentioned
0: Kansas. Like, what are some other teams that we're looking at here? Maybe some sleeper teams that you're looking okay. at for the men's side.
1: First of all, go green, go white. I'm always repping my Spartans number four seed t- c- in the Big Ten right now. But on a serious note, outside of, you know, me being a Michigan State fan, Houston, I'm scared going to make a run just because I kind of doubted them throughout the year. But as James said, I hate that I have to go for Kansas just because they are so dominant. In the end, it's also like Villanova, you know, it's a team I always kind of pay attention to. But it's like, man, if my Spartans pull it off in a Big Ten tournament, I'm going to them going to the Final Four. We have been a team that has been a underdog that has made the Final Four a few times in recent years. So I'm sorry. Go green till I die. Go Spartans. Well, actually, the main reason I hate
2: saying Kansas is because I'm going to be biased. I'm a Mizzou fan. So (laughs) there's a lot of rivalry right there.
0: Absolutely. Missouri and Kansas are big two rivals. And I mean, there's some other teams that I'm looking at, right? I mean, if you want to look for a March Madness sleeper, I mean, the 5-12 matchups are always the ones you got to look at. And one of them that I think will upset if they win tonight, so granted, there's a couple of bids have already been punched already to the tournament already for a couple of teams. Um, Charleston for one, that's in the Colonial Athletic Conference. They're right now projected according to Joe Lenardi, here to play St. Mary's which is playing in the championship game against Gonzaga tonight. And... I think Charleston could beat St. Mary's. I really do, as a 12-seed over St. over St. Mary's, pardon me, because they have really good shooters as well. They can shoot the ball from the three-point range. They got other players as well. And so, again, that's another team I'm watching as we go on. UConn, they got them in the East region. I like UConn. A lot. I talked about this on Crunch Time yesterday. UConn was a team undefeated until they lost like six games in a row in a period of time. And we always talk about UConn and women's basketball, right? But they're changing and going into men's basketball. So I kind of like how their team is playing. Overall, they're right now in the East region, according here to Joe Linardi. Um, Ayers, I got to mention it. If Michigan State can make a run, I like the Spartans as well. I really do. Because Tyson Walker can play. And A.J. Holgar can shoot the ball. And that's something to watch, obviously, when we look at Michigan State as a team. And then, obviously, right now they got Penn State in the tournament, according here to Joe Leonard, which is right now they're on the bubble. So if they can't do well in the Big Ten tournament, I believe, I don't think Penn State's going to get in. I really don't. And another team that I'm watching that kept it close with Houston is Memphis. That Houston-Memphis game on Sunday was close. Houston had to find a way to win back at the last second. They got them as a nine seed against Missouri. So, James, right now I'm sorry. I'm picking Memphis to win that game if it's slated to go to play. It's funny is that they got Missouri and Kansas playing on the same thing, so possibly Kansas Missouri matchup for you
2: in I love the it, side, but if, in if, the If side. is playing Kansas, we better destroy <laughs> them.
0: Oh man! But real quickly too, and me, I'm gonna mention this. I don't think Alabama's gonna stay at one seed. I really don't. I see another team like UCLA moving up to be that one spot. To me, UCLA is a team no one talks about because. They got Tiger Campbell that can play, and then Hami Hotcast Jr. can shoot the ball as well. And they got a lot of senior leadership for UCLA. And I think that's going to be something to watch. Right now they're once in the West region, which is good for them because that's perfect for where they're at. And so that's going to be something to watch as we get into tournament play. And granted, when we get to next week, when we're down in Houston, which guess what? That's where the final four is going to be held up, boys. And guess what? Speaking of Final Four, it's going to be held in Dallas for the women's side for women's basketball this season. I know, Colin, very excited about that. So, Ayers, what are some teams they you're looking at on the women's side of the bracket?
1: Uh, Number one, you know, I love Paige Bucher's and UConn, but, you know, I just think South Carolina, they're going to absolutely run through this tournament. Oh, yeah. They're like, only way I see them losing is if they end up either losing in the Final Four or the championship, or surprisingly, they get upset by the 16th seed. But otherwise, South Carolina, they should have a breeze going through this tournament. Only other team that might give them a little bit of a problem is Iowa.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, remember, I was on the take of Stanford boys, right? I was always liking Stanford and how they play. Well, guess what? I'm off that bandwagon now. I am not on the Stanford bandwagon after how they did in the Pac-12 tournament scares me with Stanford. And that's something they could be even out, maybe in the Sweet 16, if I look at it, because right now they got Texas there. Texas is a great team. They can shoot the ball from wherever. They got great point guard play. But you said it, Ayers. Iowa is a team I don't want to play right now. I mean, they scored 105 points against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. That is crazy. Think about that for a women's score, right That right? 105-72 was the game. And Caitlin Clark is basically, and probably I can relate this here to Kylan, is the female version of Steph Curry. How she plays, how she can shoot the three ball, how she can dribble and make plays is just incredible for to watch and, like, entertainment for everything, just like Steph Curry does when he's back with the Warriors. But Ayers, I mean, South Carolina has, even in that championship game against Tennessee, they destroyed them when they played them. And I think that's the consistency factor that you want to have because, obviously, they're going to be hosting in South Carolina those regions. That's a huge advantage for them as well. And so I think South Carolina right now is, like you mentioned, one of the top favorites. They have Indiana as another number one seed with Virginia Tech and Stanford. Probably the weakest one out of that would be Virginia Tech to me, um, because Virginia Tech has kind of been on and off as the season has gone by. Um, Indiana, I mean, they they didn't do bad, but they did lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. So that's going to be something to watch. and. James, you probably got a couple of thoughts. I'll let you see if you got anything else or do you disagree with what we've been talking about, women's side of the bracket.
2: I don't disagree, but if there's an underdog in this tournament, it's going to be Sacramento State. I think they have leadership. I think they can ground a, ground a game to make it in their advantage.
0: Sacramento State, <laughs> hey, I'm going to have to take a look into that. I guess, um, let's see. I'm trying to see where they have them here at the brackets. So, I mean, if
2: that's not valid, I, I'll admit. I don't know all that much about college. Nah, uh, hey. But, uh, it, but All right, hey, I'm just going to go with man. it.
0: You know what I'm saying? Because, hey, I think it sounds very plausible. And guess what? I can't wait to watch both these brackets. Like I said, when we get down next week, we will have both of the brackets out printed for you. And we will kind of talk about our final four and everything else. And Ayers, will give you your last thought as you
1: got some. I don't really think what James is saying is crazy. You know, like, every March Madness, it's always that one miracle team. You oh, know? yeah. Like, they just uh-huh. make a run. You still not see it coming. So, like... Yeah, that's not really an insane take. So, well, twenty-four to seven and
2: their record. So really, they have they have they have good standings yeah, coming on. Here. I
0: guess that's why they call it March, right, guys? That's why they call it March. You never you never know you never know what's gonna happen, right? So, yeah. but guys, we're gonna transition now here and talk about you know aval athletics. So if you're wondering why we're talking about this, we all go to Avila University, and guess what? I call and do play by play and color commentary for a lot of the games, and James helps out on occasions, and Ayers likes to pay attention, and, you know, Kylan plays on a football team, which, um, you know, went very well this season, went in to be, you know, um, conference champs, co-conference champs, absolutely, and getting a ring, man, we got another ring as, you know, we actually made it to the playoffs for the first time in school history, so props to our football team, probably all the viewers that want to hear more about Avila University, but we're gonna shout out for both the baseball and softball teams, man, and I'll talk about them here real quick. Uh, the baseball team—they did do—they've been doing all right, right? They've been—they're right now 11 and 11. Unfortunately, they did play today against St. Mary and they lost six to four today, which does—which is a heartbreaker. And you know, but they're finding a way to get better because their win total last year was about 18 for the entire year. And so right now they're at 11 wins right now at the moment. And that's very huge to watch. And some of the pitchers that I'm going to shout out here, Bradley Burrow, a big-time pitcher as well. He's done a very good job commanding his you know, his fastball. Kind of He's got a great curveball pitch that he throws. And then Keaton Ashby. We always love Keaton Ashby. I mean, he is the graphic designer here for our school for Aval Athletics. And he does an outstanding job. And he's another pitcher as well for the baseball team. And, you know, he's – he, when he's under pressure, granted, he's had some tough times, but he finds a way to keep his composure well. And I've noticed that. And so, how is that going to be as the season goes by for Avalon? And then another pitcher, real quick in Jarrett Dotson. Jarrett Dotson, another senior leader. He's a great pitcher as well. Just saw him pitch, I believe, against Friends. Um, and that was the game they won a walk off home run, boys. Guess what? You always like walk off home runs, right? Against Friends, 5 to 4. Ricky Dober won it by walk off and then bottom of the ninth inning. And it was very cool to watch that because listen, I've I've seen it on TV, right? We always see walk off home runs, but seeing it live, man, and calling that, you don't get that atmosphere that much. And it was very exciting to see that. Um, and then I'm going to mention the softball team I'll give you guys some thoughts about how you feel the season is is going. The softball team right now is doing outstanding too, boys. Right now, taking a look here at the schedule, they are right now at the moment here located at eleven and five, which is good for the softball team and. And right now they played against good competition. They played against um, a ranked team in Columbia College earlier in the year in February 19th, and they won 11-2 in six innings against the 16th ranked team in the NAIA. That's very impressive, boys. And kind of the leaders in that, Chelsea Kurtz, a leader on the team. She's great at stolen bases, leads the team in that, and has a great hitting percentage as well. And also great pitchers as well. Peyton Walter has been big-time pitching for the softball team, has made commanding the strike zone, making plays. I think that's going to be interesting to watch as they go on because, man, by the time we get to next week, they will be in Florida, man. That's probably getting us jealous for spring break, right? You know, very wonderful weather. Um, They're going to travel down to Miami Lakes, Florida to play um, against the number fourth ranked team in Southeastern College. So definitely a test there to see how great keep going with the team and Coach Kennedy in his second season, boys. And that's going to be interesting to watch. And they play Kaiser University as well. Weber International, and then College of Coastal Georgia. So all teams around the Florida-Georgia area. So we wish the softball and baseball teams luck, man. And Ayers and James, you guys got any other thoughts okay. about those two teams?
1: First, I want to say congratulations to both our men's and women's bowling teams for securing the right yeah. championship in only their second year of existence. Paul Wolf has done a great job. I had an opportunity in class earlier to have a press conference with him Phenomenal job by him leading both teams to championships literally within minutes of each other. But when it comes to baseball, you know, absolutely huge improvement from where they were a year ago. I think the key this year has been senior leadership. Mm -hmm. You got guys like Keaton, Reams, who was all -all, KCAC, honorable mention guy last year. You know, you just got a lot of senior leadership on that team. You know, I think this has just been a year that baseball has rallied and did, you know, I'm not going to lie act like I watch softball a lot, but you know, just hearing that softball hasn't been dominating, you know, I just think like the 22 through 23 year has been a decent year for Avila athletics. You know, like typically we might have like one team who dominate, which typically would be like football or women's basketball. But I think we're doing a little bit better of a job, of having a little bit more of versatility in sports, not to mention our wrestling teams also had a dominant season this year. So I'm, Starting to think like Avala Athletics with just the current (laughs) students we have here in the incoming recruiting class that, you know, Avala Athletics is starting to make a little bit of a change in the right direction. And, you know, outside of like just my perspective, I want to know what Kylan thinks about the situation. You know, clearly he was a freshman here with Coach Benavidez. Now he has to transition. So does Max into a new system with a new coach and almost an entirely new defensive coaching staff. So I want to know what your your guys' perspective is heading into this upcoming season.
0: Kyle, I'll let you talk first. You know,
1: it is a whole
3: business thing. Um, I love my coaches. Shout out to Mark Benavidez and Coach Al. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's great to be here. But, you know, I understand, you know, if you want to take that leap in your career and go someplace else, I mean, why wouldn't you? you know, and do what's best for your family and all that. But uh far as me with the transition, um, you know, you always coming in as a freshman, it was already new to me. So it's really just starting over from day one, you know, just resetting the button, nothing new, all business. And just seeing what the team is gonna uh do this season is gonna be something to see. And it's gonna be exciting to play for this new team and this new coach as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be good, man. I really do. I. Th- I mean like you said colin i'm I'm gonna give props out to Coach Al and coach Benavidez. again, like you mentioned big time recruits, especially for me, being an Ohio guy and Coach Al's an Ohio person as well. I respect everything he's done for what coaching and defensive coordinating, but I think also at the same time, it's also good to move in like you mentioned in another direction because sometimes and I didn't ex- i wasn't surprised by this. Because I think, obviously, when a team starts winning for like that and getting to the playoffs for the first time, it kind of brings an energy to kind of get new coaches into new places. Now, granted, we see that more in the more bigger-time professionals after a couple of years. Now, granted, we're at an NAIA school. It's a little bit different, right? So I think I think our team will be okay. It's just going to be we lost a lot of players and people, but that's why we got recruiting, right? Recruiting is going to come in. It's going to change everything we do. And I think the team's going to do well, so – I can't wait for the season. I can't wait to talk about our final topic, man. Thank you, Ares, for mentioning that as well. Um, and, man, I've got intrigued by this when I've been looking at this. We're going to talk about a fun topic called how AI, yes, artificial intelligence, man, is affecting sports media and broadcasting. And, listen, to me, this topic is very interesting, right? And AI, we talk about it as basically the idea of how certain, like, robots and, or other technology is starting to control – A certain way of life whether that's like at a like a manufacturing place maybe they're having robots control what's going in the assembly line or they're having you know other things that are happening right it's there's a lot it's basically the idea of computerized things that are controlling what we do and in broadcasting specifically hearing this they're trying to do is use different technology and everything else to make it easier to look at like certain stats and certain players So like you look at player profiles, they're finding ways to get out information to people by looking at it through a computerized way instead of like the old easy way of basically, hey, I'm just going to find stats online and put it out there, right? Granted, that might be like more successful at helping out, right? But at the same time, it kind of freaks me out when it's like they feel like they're controlling how we look at the game. Like you look at cameras, bro, they're going to try to do is put a whole 360 type of camera of AI around the field. You put that in a weird perspective and you hear that kind of stuff. It's like, isn't that kind of freaking out people a little bit? It's just, I don't know. When you hear that, I'm just, what's your guys' thoughts when we talk about AI
2: and just whether it's in the sports world or in general? Well, of course, you know, I'm a huge WWE fan. I'm a huge NFL fan, and that is what you see a lot. There's a lot of times during a WWE entrance where you'll find like a huge, uh, what do you call it, like – it's a tech. It's a technology like logo that goes on the screen, and it's just like, what, why is this even needed? It uses a lot of money, and it uses. It just it messes with your brain, and I just, I miss the old school way of wrestling where you don't have all that crazy extra stuff. Along with that, NFL wise, I'm okay with it to an extent. They do it a lot, but it's it's hard. To, it's hard to look at it on TV, and then once you go to an actual game, you don't see anything. You don't see lines. You don't see the big, uh, the robot from the commercials, you don't see the Chris McCaffrey when he, uh, commercial where he's like flipping in the end zone, they're they're calculating the, the estimate time and, and the measurements and and then of course you talk about like ESPN. ESPN has evolved, but, and technology. I feel like it does take away from what you're actually hearing and it makes you see, but it distracts you way too much
1: to where you can't
2: comprehend what really is going on. Here's what do you got, you got any um, cool thoughts?
1: Kind of just how I feel. I just think our way of life, technology is always going to advance. That's life, manufacturing, and especially sports. You know, we're going to see camera angles. I think XFL is a league that does a great job where we're seeing new angles that we may not typically see in the NFL or other leagues, you know. I'm definitely okay with it. You know, I'm just kind of a guy. I'm a out with the old, in with the new type of guy, you know. I love seeing technological advancement, you know it takes some adjusting too, of course but it's like you know i'm always for improvement in technology and making the game better that's just something you know only thing i say is you know i don't want it to get to the point where you know it's humans who still want to have like careers and a lot of these aspects and these the the ai is taking place of their careers it's certain in careers i'm kind of like you know you need humans to run this like absolutely you can use technology to assist the humans but don't use the technology as a total replacement like we were just talking about this in class where should we have an all like electronic hospital absolutely not a robot is not gonna comprehend (laughs) my pain yeah So yeah Yeah, it's like I can't it
2: it, it, can be programmed but at the same time it can't program to know like my heart's going out it's like okay loading tools (laughs) Mm, tools it's like, no, we need a, somebody with a brain that can react quickly and right. react with uh, emotion.
0: Yeah, no, I, Ayers, I really agree with what you said about the idea of unemployment that could get up to, you know, with AI losing. Don't no, be in serious, actually, because when you look at this concern of AI is people might not be able to get a job when you got that. Because if you got like, say, if you just got a robot that's going to take care of it, then what's the point of having, like I said, humans there? And to me, that scares me to an extent because... As a broadcaster, right, I want to be able to get everything I can, produce everything I can and do with it. Now, granted, I would like to have some things that I don't do all the time. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the job. Right. But to me, I'm always a person of you got to be authentic to who you are. You got to be a person that believes in what you want to believe in. And to me, I always believe in you can't be lazy about doing stuff. You got to be able to take care of what you do. You got to be morally sound. What you do, because I think AI, if it gets to a level that people can't control, then in people's ethics of how they look at things in life are going to be different.
2: Well, look at Wall-E for example, right?
0: Well, I, I, the I movie? yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. If you look at it in the future, I mean, I looked at a stat one time that said in two thousand and thirty specifically. This is this is according to information that I found from a website here from I believe it's come uh, zippa.com, just trying to get the information so we get it right. They're saying that 45 million Americans could be unemployed in the year 2030 because of automated technology. Just think about that stat for a second and let it breathe in for a minute. Well, look at how many we have jobless now. and I, but I'm just, I understand that. And I think that's a problem with our country, right? We gotta be able to fix that as we go on. and what we do because obviously all of us at this table would agree we want to do something to help out the community right and the fact is when you're putting that out there it scares me what I do and and the fact especially specifically in sports broadcasting and we're just going to quickly talk about this and we'll get into the end sports broadcasting right is turning into you want to talk about what's happening in the game because I when I do sports I don't know what's happening I let the game go to me right this whatever happens is whatever happens in a game and the fact that I won't be able to possibly do that if robots get to a level that they feel like they can take over like automated speech on text and talk about something as well as we go on, that scares me as a broadcaster. It really does. Because I want to be out there helping whatever I can because that's part of my job. And i that's just how I feel about it. And, you know, I'm very intrigued by this because like I said, I'm doing a interesting presentation about this and i feel like it's very interesting to talk about and i just want to know your guys thoughts and kylan i actually want to know your thought real quick because i haven't heard what you said kind of what do you think about how ai is affecting you know sports sports media in general like maybe everything else in the
1: world
3: uh basically my stance is basically with y'all i'm gonna piggyback off of Airs here um you know change can be good in some instances but why take the human feel away from it you know some things just won't feel the same whenever there's an automated system rather than a human actually, you know, behind the camera. So I just feel like, yeah, change can sometimes be good, but why change this? I mean, we're already taking away a lot of jobs in a lot of different areas and just taking away how um, people just watch the game. Like, for example, for football, um, I feel like it would just feel different, you know, not having that person behind the camera and, you know a lot of people want to be you know down there on the field doing the things that they love broadcasting the game that they love so why take why take that away from them as well so i just feel like the whole ai situation is kind of uh kind of crazy
0: yeah i mean listen i we will see what happens in the years that go on and i'm just very intrigued to see what happens when we get into the future with ai but Man, that was a fun topic. And that led us, boys, to 53 minutes, our longest show yet today. But guess what? We had a lot of topics to talk about. So I'm glad we got into all of this. And man, listen, I'm glad we got into our third episode. And man, again, if you want to take a listen to what we talk about, this will be posted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we'll soon put this out on YouTube. And like I said, we will not, even though we have spring break technically here in Avalon next week, that does not mean you're not going to have a show of Down to the Minute as well. As me and airs. like we mentioned earlier in the show, will be down in Houston filming. And it'll be yeah, very sure. cool, very cool. As we know, my boy, Colin's excited that we're going down the Texas area. Down
3: The Dallas area, you know, another name for Dallas is the Triple D. If you know, you know. <laughs> but this is a family podcast, so I'm going it PG. But, you know, tune in for Down by the Minute uh, for March Madness, um, my boy, Max
0: yeah all right (laughs) yeah colin was almost doing like the ending segment there for me i like that i was like oh i was like no 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 no. No, no. i just was expecting you it felt like you were gonna go ahead you can you can close the show if you want
3: No, I'm not going to close
0: it, you know, steal all the thunder from you. Oh, uh, man, you no. Know, thank you
3: for having me on here, <laughs> Max. <back.
0: laughs> no, it's awesome, man. Absolutely. I'm grateful for it. And listen, now I'm going to get the ending segment, even though my boy Countables took it. Oh,
3: God, I was like, wait, did I do something wrong? You know, we're just <laughs> shocked. I was like, so anyways, I don't think man, gonna, guests never do that. please follow
0: us, man. And I want to know what your guys' thoughts about the AI situation as well. As we had a fun topic as well. Please give your thoughts, comments, anything you can to keep going with our podcast. But until we get down to Houston, this is Max. This is Ayers. This is James and, this, and my man, Kylan. So long.